from um, the UK this morning. It's Saturday night over there. So it's interesting. You've always got to think. um, Yeah, I always try and figure it out. It's really hard to contact each other because either she's asleep or I'm asleep. So, but the good thing is, um, Josh, your mum is going to see you next week. So I'm very excited about that. Um, So Mother's Day. What a special day. Who knows that mum knows everything? And she solves everybody's problem, or at least we think we do. A star is born. When we have our child, our star is born. Every one of them, mind you, doesn't matter how many you have. So mum has wisdom and insight, doesn't she? But she also teaches her child some very strange things. She teaches her child foresight. She says, make sure that you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. She teaches them about religion. You better pray that that comes out of the carpet. (laughs) I've had red lipstick in my carpet before. She teaches them about genetics. You're just like your father. (laughs) She also teaches contradictions. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. (laughs) Who's ever said that? And she teaches them about life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Ah, don't you love it? And we've all heard it, haven't we? (laughs) But this morning, I'm not just going to talk about mums. I'm just going to weave it in and out of my message um, this morning. I love that song that we just sang, God, you're so good. You're so good. And you know, this morning, um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the sun. I go walking of a morning and... um, I love to get up early and beat the sunrise so I can see it come up. I just It's the most amazing thing, the colours in the sky. And it's, it's my thing. I love the sunrise and I love sunsets. I just, that is my thing. I love the sun. I love the sun coming up. So let me tell you some facts about the sun. Did you know it's the brightest star in the centre of the solar system? It's a star. It obviously provides light. If, if we didn't have the sun, we couldn't see, could we? It creates a chemical in our body called serotonin, and that makes us happy. So you need to get out more, you know, just get out more. Get out more, you'll be happier. At night, as the, sink, as the sun sinks away, we never question whether it will come up tomorrow, do we? We just assume it will come up. Without the sun, there's no order or life. It represents the order of the universe. And just as the sun represents the order of the universe, and it it has a purpose, so do we want order and purpose in our own lives. And we can just sort of, there's a comparison, and that's what I want to do this morning, is just talk about that and make a comparison. When I was a a mum with young children, you know what my worst nightmare was? Was if I got a knock at the door at lunchtime, 
I still wasn't dressed. I was in my pyjamas. I used to have many people just come in and pop over for a cup of tea. They must have thought I was always organised. If you were one of those person, people, that's okay, that's okay. But um, it, it was just embarrassing. You'd have dirty nappies on the floor, a sink full of dishes, especially on a Monday after Sunday church. My house was like a tornado had been through it. And so that was my, night, my worst nightmare, disorder in the house, and I could cope when no one was there, but if someone came knocking on the door for a visit, it was like, you know, and there was nothing I could do. You know how you freeze? You think, well, where do I go first to clean up what? <laughs> nah, they're there. So you've just got to ignore it, but you never forget it. But I don't want to talk about that sort of order in our lives today. I don't want to talk about the neat and tidy order of our home, but rather order in our lives, order in our relationships, order in our personal lives. And you know, this morning, um, I just want to talk about what I've found. Now, I'm no expert, and I'm still on this journey, as are you. I am not a perfect person, and I make mistakes. But this morning, being Mother's Day, I was put on to preach, and I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to share my life with you today and the lessons that I've learned. Order was part of God's plan all along. The Bible opens to the scene of God speaking into the chaos in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 1 to 5 says, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see and all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. God spoke light and light appeared. God saw that the light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day and he named the dark night. It was evening and it was morning. There was order. God is a God of order. And we are created in the image of an orderly God. As we share his likeness, we share his desire to make something better of a disordered world. You know, you only had to watch the news last night. There's chaos. But not only in the world, but also in our personal lives. We want to have order in our personal lives. And so this morning, because I'm talking about the sun, I want to share with you from Isaiah chapter 60, 1 to 2. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. You know, the word arise in Hebrew is the word kum, and it means to get up, obviously. Have you ever heard the term rise and shine? Get up, arise. To stand, to endure, to remain, to continue. It means strength, succeed, and make good. So rise is an action word. Get up. Let's be successful. Let's let's endure. Let's continue. Let's be strong. So what do I need to have success, to endure the challenges of life and to be a strong person? I want to be a strong person. I don't know about you, but I want to be a strong person. That doesn't mean that I'm you know, um, physically strong, but I want to have strength to endure what comes my way. I just don't want to fall, you know, whenever anything comes, I'm just you know, tossed around, as the Bible says, to and fro. But I want to be centred and I want to be strong. We often hear... Um, John, our Pastor John, um, he talks about the second law of thermodynamics. Who's heard that in the past? You you haven't said it for a long time. I've heard it many times. 
And that is that everything in our universe, when left to itself, tends toward more and more disorder. Have you ever left a child in a room for a period of time, a young child, left to itself? I've had some interesting ladies' meetings in my house. It takes me all week to clean up sometimes, or it has in the past when I had little kids. Arise and shine. You know, the sun is not just there to look at, but it has a purpose. And every one of us here today have a purpose. We have been created for a purpose, every single one of you. We're not just here to look at each other. You know, some of us have blonde hair, some of us have black hair, some of us have blue eyes, some of us have green eyes, some are right-handed, some are left-handed. We're all different, but we all have a purpose. We are God's creation. And the fact is, I can't compare myself with you, and you can't compare yourself with me, because we have all been created differently. My three girls, we have three daughters, and you know, over the years, they have compared themselves, but they can't compare themselves, because they are all uniquely different. And as a mum, I can see that. Over the years, um, I've been to a Stedford, so uh, my daughter's sang and they danced, they played the piano and so we went in competitions in the Estedfords and it was always interesting at the singing Estedfords, it's always good to watch the mums mind you and um, the singing Estedfords, now I'm not criticising you if you're one of these, um, we'll often sing or we'll mouth the words while our child is on stage singing, why? Because we want our child to do well and we want our child to shine, they're proud of their creations, their children. And you know I shine when I am being the best me. Now one of my girls, Larissa, who was our middle child, you know, some of you know she's a singer, and so she went in singing at Stedford's, but before she was actually trained, she had decided from a young age that she was going to be a singer. And so when she was at school, she decided she wanted to go into the Estedford. Now, Larissa's a child that you... Um, I had to pick my battles with her because I'd be fighting with her every day because she's a very strong, determined person. Actually, I see a dare there. Remember the singing thing with your daughter? Um, anyway, anyway, move on. Um, so in the Estedford, she decided she was going in Estedford, never been trained, and um, so I thought, well, you know what? You can go in the Estedford and you can learn your lesson. So, but, so anyway, I hired a pianist to come and play for her because every, every singer had their own pianist. So I had to find someone. We hired a pianist and we turn up and I was dying because you're sitting there and these girls that have been trained are amazing. And up gets Larissa, a grin from ear to ear, just sang for all she was worth. Anyway, you can imagine what happened, but that was okay. <laughs> But do you know what? She didn't give up. She didn't give up because she loved to sing. That was her passion. That was what she loved to do. And then she went on and trained and, and now she's a great singer. So all my daughters are very different. And I have special gifts and talents to give to this world. What is your leaning today? What do you love to do? What, and what can you use that for? One thing that keeps us from shining, you know, is fear. Now, when Larissa got up there, she had no fear. She had no fear. So I was the one that had fear. You know that fear is the offspring of hopelessness. 
Isaiah, the verse that I read before, or the book of Isaiah, was written in a time when Israel and Judah were going through a very dark time. Uh, Assyria had come in and overtaken the nation of Israel. <coughs> Pardon me. And, uh, and they were virtually slaves or exiled um, from their nation. And so they, were, they had gone through a very difficult time. And Isaiah was telling them to trust in God. Despite what is going on, trust in God. Hebrews 11.1 says, The fundamental fact of existence is trust in God. This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. A couple of weeks ago, some of you may have seen um, a current affair when they talked about Dolly, you know, the young girl that took her life. Um, because of bullying at school. A very, very sad thing. And one thing her mother said was, if only she could see herself through my eyes. Wow. And it really, that really stood out to me and I thought, How does God, what does God think when we, you know, when we take on all of this stuff and we condemn ourselves, put ourselves down? If only we could see ourselves through his eyes. You know, he loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth for me, for you, for John. If John had been the only one or if you put your name there, he would have sent his son so that you would know that you are loved, that you can be forgiven, that you can have a life with him, have a relationship with God. That's how much he loves us. If only we could see our eyes, ourselves through his eyes we are born to shine what we believe will will determine how we will live your light has come people are attracted to lights rise shine for your light has come many of us drive around at christmas time don't we and look at the pretty lights lights attract so what keeps the light of my life shining how I respond in the midst of circumstances is one way to keep my light shining. You know, today, it can, be, it can highlight, today, Mother's Day can highlight the fact that life isn't fair. For some of you here today, life hasn't been fair for you. But this morning, despite what happens to us, I want to share with you some things that have been helpful to me when life hasn't been fair, when circumstances haven't been that easy when I have had challenges. And as I said before, just like you, I'm on a journey navigating my way. I am not the expert, I can tell you. But, you know, I'm 56 now, three grown children, four grandchildren, and, uh, and I've learned a little bit along the way. And so I'm not talking to you like an expert, but I'm wanting to share my heart so that will help you. Maybe you're here today with challenges. And so I want to share three things that have helped me along the journey. Now this might seem obvious, but it's the first thing we should do, and that is to pray. Prayer reminds me that there is someone bigger and more powerful than me, and that I can go to him anywhere at any time. You know, as a child runs to their mother, there is safety, isn't there? They can go to their mother any time. I can go to my God, my loving Father, anytime, anywhere, because he is always with me. I need to pray. We need to pray first. When things happen, pray first. What is the first thing we do? Ah, we need to pray first. Prayer gives me that sense of safety. 
When Jesus spoke um, again to the people in um, John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He shows us where to go and what to do in life. We just have to go to him. Many years ago, I read a book called Too Busy Not to Pray. Has anyone read that book? It's a brilliant, just a little book. It's so easy to read. If you're not a reader, it's just a little book. It's an old book. I don't know, you probably still get it. Too Busy Not to Pray. Busyness should never be an excuse not to pray. We should never be too busy to pray. Prayer should be a priority. When we pray and have a quiet time with God, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, gives us direction, gives us insight. We find peace in the turmoil. It is an anchor. We're anchored. You know, when things happen, we're tossed. As I said before, we can be tossed around. I need to go and pray and be anchored in the safety of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you some scientific studies based on prayer. Regular prayer and meditation, now this is not from a Christian thing, this is just some scientific research. Regular prayer and meditation is an, is an important factor in living longer and staying healthy. <clears throat> prayer boosts the immune system and helps lessen a wide range of illnesses. So why wouldn't we pray? Coming up, I think it's next, next weekend, is our encounter retreat. If you're not booked into that, can I encourage you to go to that? That is, not, uh, that is a thing that we can go to overnight, Friday night till Saturday um, after lunch, where we can go and just um, have a spiritual encounter with Jesus Christ. It's not meetings. It's, it's um, you know, a time where um, Lucas Connell will be our guest, and he's very prophetic, and he may prophesy over you, but don't go for that. Go for a time of spiritual encounter with Jesus Christ. It will change your life. So if you're not booked in, and you've got nothing to do, you're not working, can I say, make it a priority to go to the encounter retreat. Find out from the information desk. Prayer helps us create order. There's a quote that says, a family who prays together stays together. When our kids were growing up, now I know I'm talking to all sorts of people, not everyone has a family, but if you've got a family here today, um, make, make it a priority to sit down at some stage through the day and have devotions and pray together. Uh, when our kids were little, uh, well, when our kids were at home, not when they were little, uh, we had devotions at night together. We sat around the table, the table being one of the most important pieces of furniture in the house, by the way, which tends to be discarded this day for other things. But we would sit around the table and um, have devotions and pray together. And, you know, when the kids came home from school, they wouldn't always tell me what had happened through the day because it wasn't in their thoughts. But by the time night time came and we spent some time around the Word of God and prayed, they would remember it and they would recall it and we could pray about it and talk about it. Uh, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, my, I remember my dad, um, he would pray with me over anything. Um, it, it's just, it's such an uh, important thing. If you've got teenagers here today, and it doesn't matter what they're doing or whether they don't believe, pray for them. And then occasionally ask them, can I pray for you? Even if they're not a follower of Jesus Christ, ask them. Uh, I can remember praying for one of my girls, she was going through some stuff, and I said, and she was old, and I said, can I pray for you? And she was not you know, she wasn't always pleasant, this, this one. Um, and I would say, can I pray for you? In horror of, okay, well, what am I going to face? 
But no, she always did because there is a softening when we pray. Whoever you're with, what, or even like whatever, ask people, can I pray? And don't forget yourself to pray. Make prayer a priority. You know, I've, I've been on my knees many times raising teenage girls and pastoring a church. I've had to navigate my way through because it always hasn't been easy. It's like, you know, I can come here on a Sunday and smile, but you don't know what's going on in my house the week before. But prayer has helped centre me. The verse goes on, it says, His glory, arise and shine for His glory is upon you. It will be upon you. So what is glory? Glory is splendour. So we shouldn't glory in anything or anyone other than God. God said to the Israelites, don't have other gods beside me. I need to be your God. Israel, at this time, in uh, reading through the book of Isaiah, had turned away from God and they had started worshipping the gods of the nation of Assyria, like you know, wooden gods or whatever they were, figments of their imagination or whatever, carved images. We're not a culture that, that, um, that worships idols or gods. Although we can devote our time, our heart, resource to many, many things, hoping that they will give us peace and certainty. Things and people can become gods. So what is an idol? An idol is an obstacle in our relationship to God. It's, an idol is a replacement for God. So you might ask the question, so how do I know that I have a God? So I have two questions that I want you to fill in the gaps for. First of all, have you felt, your heart, um, have you felt in your heart a sense of desperation that you're sure would go away if only you were acknowledged and loved by? Number two, have you felt anxiety or fear around the possibility of losing whatever that is. Now, these things, they're not bad things, but we just become fixated on them. They consume us. They're in our thoughts all the time. We want them to do for us that only God can do. The fact is, we're wired to worship. Where is our worship going? Our hearts need to worship. What or who are you worshipping is the question. Psalm 105, 1 to 6 says, Thank God. Pray to him by name. Tell everyone you meet what he has done. Sing him songs. Belt out hymns. Translate his wonders into music. Honour his holy name with hallelujah. You who seek God, live a happy life. Keep your eyes upon, sorry, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. Remember the world of wonders he has made. When I focus on praising God, I refocus my gaze. I watch for his works, that verse says. Be alert for signs of his presence. When I see the sunrise, I see the signs of his presence. That wonderful creation sitting next to you is a sign of his presence. Praise takes my eyes off me and takes, takes my eyes off our circumstance. 
We need to praise him and boast in what he has done. Today being Mother's Day, you know, we praise and boast boast about our mums, don't we? There's probably, I haven't looked at Instagram this morning, but there's probably hundreds of photos of mums up on social media saying what a great mum we've had. You might write letters or spend time with your mum or give gifts to your mum today because you're praising her, you're boasting about her. Well, God wants us to boast about him, to talk about him. There's a song we used to sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And you know, we don't deny our challenges, but rather we see the bigness of who he is when we focus on his splendor. Did you know another fact about the sun, that the sun is so big, if it was a hollow ball, it could fit one it could fit the earth into it one million times. Isn't that massive? God created that. That is amazing. We see his wonder. We need to talk about it. The psalm says we need to talk about his goodness. When we talk about his goodness, it encourages other people. We need to have conversations about him. As Christians, if you're a Christian here today... How often do you talk about God in your conversation? Praise him. And when you're outside, praise him to yourself or speak it out. Look at his, worship him. You know, even at home sometimes when you put on some music that will help you to worship him. Praise music, worship, whatever. So first thing um, that's helped me is to pray. The second thing that praise has helped me And the third thing is persevere. When I was a a young girl, I was a ballet dancer. And um, we lived in Brisbane at the time. And I used to go to ballet lessons Wednesday afternoon and Saturday mornings. Anyway, um, both of my parents worked, which gave me a little bit of freedom in the afternoon. So um, this one afternoon, on the Wednesday afternoon, I got home and it was pouring with rain. And so, you know what? I made a decision, I'm not going. I'm going to stay home, watch TV, relax, do whatever, but I'm not going to ballet, it's raining and I can't be bothered. But I had to catch a train a few stations to get to the ballet school that I was at. Anyway, my ballet teacher, uh, she was very passionate about ballet, so you can imagine what sort of teacher she was. So on Saturday morning when I faced um, ballet, she was not very happy. And the reason she wasn't very happy is most of the class had thought the same thing. (laughs) So we all had to face the music. And, um, oh boy, I can still remember it. So she lined us all up and we all had to make an excuse as to why we didn't go to ballet on Wednesday. I'm towards the end of the line and uh, you know how how it feels. Um, Anyway, do you know the answer that everybody said? What would it have been? No, they were sick. Oh, boy. So, you know, everyone say, oh, sick, oh, sick, oh, sick. And I'm at the end of the line thinking, oh. And I'm trying to come up with something a little bit more creative. I thought, I can't say I'm sick. It doesn't, because I knew they weren't telling the truth. It was obvious. Anyway, it got to me and I froze and I said, I don't have, I don't have an excuse. I don't have anything. And I thought, oh, boy. And I'm sitting there waiting for the... Um, for the reaction. Anyway, do you know what she said? 
she congratulated me, what a wonderful person I was because I told the truth. So what's the lesson we can learn in all of that? It is do the right thing no matter how you feel. So the first little bit that I did, I didn't do the right thing because of how I felt. But the second, you know, when I didn't go to ballet, I didn't feel like going. Well, that wasn't right. I should have just done the right thing. I don't even know what I told my parents, but anyway. <clears throat> and then the second thing, I, well, it was a fluke that I'd done the right thing the second time at ballet because I had no excuse. But this little key point is what I've learned over the years and I live by and I've told my kids, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going to happen, you do the right thing. That is a key. Do not lie. Do the right thing. You go. If you have said you are going to do something, you do it. You do the right thing. You know, when we do the right thing, people will trust us. And as people trust us, we will have more influence. When we do the right thing, it saves a lot of pain. There might be a little bit of pain in the beginning, but down the end there's a lot more pain. It has grown. As a mum, I wanted to do the right thing for my family. My kids' success has, is helped along the way by the way I live. If I want my kids to follow Christ, then I need to do the right thing. I model to my kids what a follower of Christ is. I model to my kids what a responsible adult is. In saying that, there have been times when I have allowed my feelings to get the better of me and not do the right thing. And you know what? I don't know why I never learn because it always comes back to bite me. We need to do the right thing. We can avoid a lot of chaos in our lives if we will do the right thing. Although, you know what, when we do make mistakes, we do have a forgiving God who will always get us back on track. So if you have done the wrong thing, you know what, let's go to God. Let's ask his forgiveness because he will get us back on the right thing, on the right track. As the, as the moon is as big as it is and, um, you know, it's so big... That's how big our influence can be if we do the right thing. We can have so much influence when we do the right thing. You know, my, our youngest daughter lives in London, as I said before, and um, I got a letter. Now, I will try not to cry. I'm only going to read one line. Now, this letter... Sorry... Where is it? Here it is, this line. I won't read the whole thing or I'll be a blubbering mess. You will never know how much I have learned by just watching you. Do you know we have a whole generation coming up that are watching us? Now, you might think, well, I'm at school, I'm that generation. Well, do you know what? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how old you are, you influence that next generation. They are coming up and they are watching I can make the world a better place by how I influence. I need to endure what is hard and do the right thing. 
I can influence for good at work. I can influence for good at school, at uni, in my family, in my neighbourhood. Do you know this prophecy in Isaiah was not only written to Israel, but it was also written to the church. The church, who is the church? The church is you and I. It's not a building. The church is you and I, followers of Jesus Christ. And who knows that the church needs to be a light in our city right now. The church needs to be a light to the generation who are coming through. Isaiah 60, 17 to 20 says, I will make peace your governor and well-being your ruler. No longer will violence be heard in the land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no, no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. This is if we endure, people. Ask and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. This is talking about a day when the earth will be no more and Jesus will return. You know, as a church, we need not to be short-sighted but long-sighted, seeing that Jesus did come to this earth because he loved us so that we can be forgiven. We can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but he didn't stay on that cross. He rose again and he ascended to heaven. And the Bible tells us that he has gone to prepare a place for us, that this earth one day will come to an end. We need to put our trust in him despite what happens, to endure so that we will be strong. And not only us, but those coming after us, that we can have influence. You know, this morning, I want to, um, let's just stand. I want to pray. And I want to pray for people this morning that are here that maybe are facing challenges. We want to stand with you and pray alongside you. And so if you want to come to the front, we're going to play some music. You can come, start coming straight away. We want to pray that God will be your everything in whatever it is you need him to be right now. So that's the first group of people. Just come straight out. We're going to pray for healing, for for issues, whatever. But we just want to pray for you and believe for your miracle. Just start coming out right now. There's another group of people we want to pray for. Maybe those people can just come over to, the, to that way. Another group of people that we'd, I want to pray for this morning and those who would like to know who Jesus is. You know, the Bible tells us that we can be born again. Some of us might think, oh, if only I could just start my life again. If only I could have a fresh start. Well, do you know what? You can. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God loves you. He wants to forgive you and give you a fresh start to be born again. And so this morning, if you want prayer, if you want to say, you know what, I want this Jesus in my life. I need Jesus. We want to pray for you. And so if you're that person, come straight out, maybe just straight in the middle here. If you want Jesus to be in your life, to, to, um, to lead you and guide you. Just come straight out and come here and we will pray for you this morning. Father, we just thank you that you love us so very much. We thank you, God, that you want us to succeed, that you want us to be strong. And, and Lord, we just um, come to you today and open our hearts to you. And God, we ask that you will be our guide and light this day in Jesus' name. Amen.